This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Toad on Games podcast. A podcast where we talk to people in and around the video game industry about all the cool stuff they do and the stuff they've made and how they feel deep inside about Super Mario. That's important, really important. We never talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, with me today, I have Jimmy from Loading Bar. Do you want to say hello and a little bit about who the hell you are? Yeah, hello there. I mean, first off, I'm completely confused. I thought I was going to be chatting with Toad from Mario, you know, getting retail tips, yep. treasure tracker tips. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get past that point. I can, I can adapt. Um, and yeah. I do, yeah, 50% of all things loading bars. So obviously at the moment, bars, really good thing to be involved with. Um, and yeah, putting video games out, obviously trying to get people to try new things, demo stuff, do events. Um, it's a weird, like a little bit of everything. Um, but mm. not actually making games, you know, I'm sneaking my way onto this, being, whatever you call it, like tangentially involved with all things gaming, not directly. Yeah. Well, that's that's a lot of people on here are that like it's that that's what I like about this podcast is like talking to people with so wildly different experiences. Like if I just had an indie dev on this every single time, we'd end up talking about the exact same topics. Like, how is it being an indie developer? Oh, OK. But it's like I have a <laughs> I have a guest coming up whose entire shtick is um, that they run a site where they will talk specifically about horses in video games. And I find that immensely interesting. Like just these excellent. Really yeah, right. And I just find it really hugely interesting to just talk about loads of different areas um, in it. And it's always interesting to me when I do get people that aren't like, I make video games, when there's mm-hmm. someone else that comes on this and like, I'm not I'm not part of the games industry. And it's like, of course you are. Like, it's more than just making a video game. Like, it's this whole cultural... Like, I get that a lot if it's like, um, if YouTubers come on and stuff like that. Like, I'm not part of the industry. It's like, yes, you are. Like it's you're part of the culture of games. Like it's I don't know. People are a bit funny with themselves, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you wait for someone else to tell you you're involved, and you're like, oh yeah, go on, tell me again about how integral I am to all things games. Um, but I guess yeah, you don't want to say it yourself necessarily. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I feel I think like everyone has imposter syndrome about it. I I don't know what it is specifically with the games industry, but everyone is just like, oh, I'm a nothing. I don't know anyone or anybody, and mm. it's just like, that's not true. Um, also, thank you for addressing me as Toad. I am Toad from the Mario games, um, specifically Captain Toad. Um, I track a lot of treasure, and that's that's what I do. And well, waist, waistcoats as well, I hope. For... Yeah, waistcoats. Um, I eat a lot of mushrooms, which is kind of a bit fucking weird if you think about it. Um, but that's that's me. That's me. I'm Captain Toad. Um, I'm literally leaning against a toad plush on my bedroom, <laughs> actually. So ah, that's why you were like, it's audio only. You just wanted to keep some of that mystique. Oh, and... absolutely, yeah. <laughs> for, for for context, like people will come on this podcast, and before we start recording, a lot of guests will be like, "Oh, is it is it video?" By the way, I'm like, "Do you think I am going to get out of bed and get dressed for a podcast? I am going to lay here in my Super Mario Odyssey jumper." leaning against this toad plush and eat a bar of Cadbury white, creamy white chocolate while I do a professional podcast. You're going for that Cadbury money. That's a good plug. That's one, <laughs> one down. How many more times are you going to sneak in 
like Milky Bar, white chocolate. That's it. How dare you? Milky Bar is a product of Nestle. You anti-Cadbury. How could you? I'm losing sponsorship money as we talk. Well, maybe I'm on I'm on the Cadbury train. You can stay on the Nestle Milky Bar Kid money. Um, that is, yep. I am the Milky Bar Kid. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting tangents this soon. I love it, dear. Um, <laughs> I guess we should talk about. I guess we should talk about what we're talking about. Um, yes. Uh, so obviously, um, loading bar. Mm-hmm. It's quite good, isn't it? All right. Cheers, everyone. See you uh, later. Yeah, it's all right. It does its thing. Like I said, it's uh, what's this year pretty much since January, February. Amazing, doing like exciting mm. things, and then March. I think it was what well, to put it in game date references. I think it was just before Doom Eternal was due to drop. Mm. So like we were going to do some Doom stuff, and then obviously that quite sensibly didn't happen. Um, and yeah, it's been a bit different just to look at. I guess. We've been trying to see like what it is we do, and I guess what that looks like in the future, because like obviously stuff changes, different things happen, and like yeah, I suppose for games, even when you look at things like EGX or a like a huge part of gaming is that like bringing people together, like mixing people, which isn't going to happen that much in the short term. So it's looking at I guess yeah, how our biggest challenges I've been looking at like okay, how do we do some of what we did or offered maybe not reliant on that physical space so like okay what are the things that we really enjoy doing like obviously it's showing off new stuff getting behind interesting things and originally it was like giving a platform for things that might not have happened somewhere else because i guess we we were into gaming so it's like oh do you want to do this like interesting thing we would whereas back in the day somewhere else wouldn't because it's like we don't want to do like a nerd event why would we do that so um uh that's the current exciting challenge of you know had a mini holiday with all things locked down and then we're kind of i guess half open and deciding Mm. yeah like what can we do? What do we want to do? Um, and how can we still do game stuff in the exciting world that we now live in? Um, yeah, fun times. I mean, we, I haven't haven't caught up with you that much since, obviously, COVID struck. Um, so obviously, had wondered how how you were dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess the one positive is, um, I guess the one thing is for for me like loading as like a brand in general is kind of like this really nice like welcoming community space that doesn't necessarily have to be um restricted to literal physical spaces yeah i think that's like as it's developed and then yeah that's something that's been quite important and kind of we could see it from whatever social media so you know open one in this place everyone here or website traffic thanks to lovely google analytics like you could see well quite a lot of it was london you then have all these other pockets of like there's people that like i'm always amazed when someone's like i've heard of it but they're obviously nowhere near or not linked because they might have seen it seen on a stream someone shouted it out we've done something like a whatever it would have been at the time like a cocktail like that's always been like humbling but Mm -hmm. it's like someone might know it and then yeah you do i think that's always to go um slightly corporate or whatever like that's i guess like super important especially now that you have this big issue of people aren't just roaming the streets discovering stuff anymore so to have Mm. uh 
like some audience and a platform to be able to use it and be like, cool, if I want to say stuff, like someone might actually know what it is or hear about it. That's definitely a big advantage at the moment. Whereas I think if you've not been around very long, it's just so much tougher now because yeah, like, you can't just throw a party or do some stunt or like even to like reach out to people easily. Like I think that's where it's been lucky to having done this for ages. Um, there's a bit of a chance to now either yeah, kick on and do something else or I guess survive it. Um, mm. Which is, yes, an, it's an interesting challenge and good that, yeah, we've kind of had that impact, I guess, that people know it in some way. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. Like, whenever I bring you guys up to, um, to people, it's always something that people are aware of. Um, for context, for those not, like, in the UK, um, Lone Bar is a gaming theme bar. You currently have if I'm not mistaken, you currently have a location in Brighton and a location in Dalston in London. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been previous locations, but those are like the two the two main locations at the moment. Yep. And um, and yeah, like I, I, whenever I speak to people, even if they've not visited the bars, they know of them. Like it seems to be something that people in general in the gaming community, um, they're at least aware of it. They, they at least know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is... It's good. Um, I think that's been the biggest shift from when I started. So I think 2008, which seems like a lifetime ago, um, like the first like ideas, I guess, of me looking to do something like that. I'd seen uh, 8-Bit Cafe in Japan and was like, oh, that's cool. And like, I remember I was growing up and like cheesy like haven holiday parks and things. So like arcades, um, I like local chips. I had an arcade in it. There was always this thing of games being around and then they kind of disappeared a little bit in between. So for like whatever teenage years, there wasn't really, you didn't see them. Like I think places got rid of arcades, obviously for other things or like more gambling based stuff. And yeah, I'd seen that one in Japan and was just looking at like why that didn't, didn't exist over here. And like traditional pubs used to have like a space invaders machines and whether it was just, I guess they weren't mega money makers anymore, but it surprised me that games were like, bubbling away i see you're probably looking at what uh like ps2 era and then you know coming into like 360 would have been like as i was at uni so like they weren't like a niche product um so the idea was just like okay how could i do what was going on with like uh the places in japan like was there a way to do i guess like a uk version of that because there's still obviously cultural differences of like PC bangs, obviously massive, whereas over here that's never carried over or like you do get differences, but it was like, okay, what could I do that brought in like or celebrated gaming? And that's kind of where the pitch thing came together. And like two years later was where I finally like found some place that I could afford (laughs) and could sign for. Um, And it developed over time, like board games I never did at the start. Um, Originally it was all retro stuff. and then it was just being in a uni town and I had a 360 gathering dust. So I was like, oh, I might as well put that in. And yeah, I think it's just been like listening to people and seeing what that, like as games have got bigger from when I started trying to pitch the whole, whatever it might be, like, it's a bar with games in it or it's a cafe with games in it. And people looking at me blankly or bank managers. And now, cause you've got a world of cat cafes, Harry Potter bars, suddenly that like my pitch is the most boring vanilla plain like oh yeah i get it whereas before people were like i don't get it like what's the point like what 
what is it you're doing whereas now it's like oh is that all you've got so i think um <laughs> it's kind of good that it's blown up in that way that it's like there's a ton of other people doing other things in that space and mm. everyone doing their own takes on it which has been really nice to see like where it's like a barcade or more like I said retro stuff or traditional arcade in air quotes of like coin up stuff and like it's obvious it should be that big in the same way you've got like, you know whatever costa pret starbucks etc it's obviously mm. big enough um seeing now it's just quite that whole like well loads of places have got like an n64 in them i think it's that where, where does it go next because i think it's just you know everyone plays games now and it's such an obvious thing so it's like okay what are people then looking for which for me and my interest has always been that like discoverability that i think well you might be into games to like to stumble across something is still quite hard be it with you know the store like if it doesn't go big on twitch people still aren't necessarily seeing that obscure indie game or that really good party game so that's still where we wanted to sit of like not having fifa on card because you're already covered for that you know what it is you're not gonna need to play the new fifa you would already know whereas the emails I'll get where it's always like, what was that? There's like a game with stick men in it and the kind of fighting, what was it called to like work out? Okay. I mean, Nidhogg, like, yeah. And then like to be able to show people things they would never have seen, then they go off and buy it. And obviously that helps the greater good and why developers would like us. It's that sort of helping expand people's horizons and like things get seen that wouldn't get seen if it was like pay to play or, Mm-hmm. there still isn't an obvious place for people to discover those things because it's still i guess like survival of the biggest brands or the most popular things whereas there's all this other cool stuff for games that um like i love to get behind where it's something i'm into or like a really good title and the joy as well is like because of social media like those creators like there's such a it's not like they're made by some mystical thing miles away it's like Oh, the person that made that game is probably in the bar or is there showing it off or like to, to break down that barrier of like okay you can you know they can watch people play the game for real and adapt based on what they would see it's just so much more interesting to watch um and like see that link between like creators or like their audience which obviously yeah, with other art stuff is far easier like gigs you know when it was mm-hmm. like games you kind of put them out and if you just look at internet comments, I guess that's not the best way for you to get feedback. So I still think that's where we like to sit, is that like putting things in front of people and showing off why they're good and helping them find a home. Hmm. Yeah, they are absolutely. Um, I mean, kind of, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that you've been going for 10 years now. I mean, I wish I had had a space like that when I was um, a teenager because I would loved to have hung out in, in, in a place like that um, in my teen years. Um, but yeah, as you say, like, it's really good that you have this sort of uh, indie focus because obviously I've, um, in the past, I've, I've done stuff at your bars before myself. And, um, and that's, I mean, it's just awesome. Like, it's such a great, like, community space. Um, I know you've had, like, small community meetups there. And, and as you say, like, developers will come there and show off their games because you have like switch pods and then game console pods and yeah it's just a that's a really cool thing that your space is able to do um that that obviously it makes more sense to do it in a space that's gaming themed like that and is 
centered around that than just some random bar. Yeah, completely. I think that's where where we've tried to do it, or like the things I haven't done as far as what we've been pitched. It'll usually be something if we don't know how to do it or don't have someone that does that. Like we've generally just not done them. So. Like esports, we never really went in on because it was just, I don't know, wrong age, wrong person. Like, I didn't know it. And that's always been where we've tried to stick to stuff. Like, you can tell a mile off if someone's really into it. And, like, the things we've hosted um, with something like outside Xbox, that was because I'd, like, watched their stuff for years, knew them before. Like, it's like a natural thing or uh, prepare to try. We did the live show with them because I knew Gav when he did Official Nintendo Magazine. Like, they're longer term things if that makes sense mm-hmm. um where it just made sense because it's a natural fit rather than uh me sitting and googling like oh like um quick who's like the biggest st- okay let's do like a meet up for this streamer because that would make us busy like um that's never I'd, I'd definitely be a lot richer if we just chase trends but um it's always <laughs> that's always been where it's come from is like it's been um it has to be stuff i'm into or someone else on on the team is like I'm really into this game. Can we do a party for it? And then we've either just done it ourselves because why not? Um, If you don't need to do much. So that's how we started doing all the Devolver events was just we did our own Hotline Miami 2 party. And then obviously they see that, could see the love that's gone into it and appreciate it and then want to work with you versus just emailing a publisher and being like, hey, you've got a game that's got, or like, can we do, you know, you want to try and add something to it or, you know, give them a reason. So that's still where it's tried to be. I mean, 10 years, that's where probably the biggest concern I would have at the moment is um, like bringing in different voices, newer ideas that um, as I would age out of that thing of like, what are people watching now? Or like, what would, like you said, in your teen years, like what would a 16 year old now, it wouldn't be the same as what I wanted to set up originally. So um, I'm kind of interested where that goes because I like our early days of obviously taking over like traditional pubs. We had that audience of like man with pool cue being bemused. We've got rid of his pool table and um, being confused at what all this weird stuff is. So like I'm super interested to see. I don't know when I'll hit that point of like okay, what's does it just develop? You know what what replaces that I guess or what picks up and then when do we become I guess like the old man boozer. <laughs> of um, like venue out of time so that's the current um maybe that's just lockdown my midlife crisis of like i wonder when that'll be of like <laughs> yeah i guess i mean I, I i guess you have spaces like um uh game that have their their beyond hmm. esports spaces where it's just i i've never even been to one but uh, it, i mean i assume it's just like literally desks of computers with chairs and you can go in and kind of like in a cafe in in asia you know um, yeah, I don't think that's taken off, but maybe, maybe, maybe it will one day. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, I think now just with everything, I don't know whether it's cheaper as such, but um, just more people have it. So I th- mm. that's still been the thing as we've gone on in years, like before, even with like the next generation of consoles, for us, as if we were still traditional, you know, if the world was as normal in venues, if you look mm-hmm. at the lineups, like the PS4, it's got, yeah, like, um, there's stuff coming out for it, but it's not like, there's no, whereas the Switch, we kind of had to have because it's this new thing and, you know, you want to see what it can do. Mm. The new consoles for us wouldn't have that, you know. I'm not getting emails right now of people going, are you going to get it? Are you going to have it? Because either they're going to have bought it or 
there's not a you know the Miles Morales Spider-Man is not so different to the last Spider-Man you know in mm. gameplay terms it's not going to be like a massive change so I think as more people have got those things or with stuff like Fortnite being on everything you know you can sit on your phone and play the game you're probably playing anyway or like an online MOBA it's definitely become a thing where something like a game like the the game setup or even for us with consoles like do you really need that anymore when the person is there on their phone on their account earning their own stuff grinding away like um you know microsoft with their is it now game cloud whatever they've called it um stadia all those things where it's like people are just going to use their own stuff and they don't need like a tv and they've probably already got nicer headphones just because of how that industry has i guess boomed whereas even Mm. thinking when i had stuff it's like I probably had a PS2 and like some older games, but it, now most people have luckily got access to that stuff, and there's not that need, I guess, of like this, you know, unattainable shiny thing you only your neighbour had. It's now like, okay, that's kind of if you wanted it, you've probably got it, and if you haven't, you'll be playing other stuff like a League of Legends where it's free to play, and obviously that's a massive positive for all things games that you can just like you don't need this massive demo setup just to be able to enjoy it it's like play it however you want to play it and uh, yeah that's where i think more of the like community meetup stuff is way more important than a row of machines um which has always been something i've tried i mean i say that with a place that's got about six tvs in a line but my thing was always not to have that row of consoles with everyone with an individual headset because it's like that's not like the social experience you would want. Like you want people to mix, to play stuff, to do eight player smash, to like mm-hmm. do what they wouldn't be able to do at home. Cause I think my thought has always been like that you playing at home is probably still the best experience for those sort of titles. Like, as you said mm-hmm. earlier on, you can put your pajamas on, you can have your milky bar chocolate. You can just play the way you want to play rather than, you know, a very, not so sterile, but like just a very, odd environment where there's stuff going on and you're trying to play i don't know demon souls on ps5 like Mm. i just can't see people looking for that but we'll see i guess i think it's it's going to be interesting where it goes as far as how you can play now with all these different options and it's not just a cartridge thing or um that traditional what games used to be hmm yeah, I think there will always be, I mean, especially now that sort of local co-op games are coming less and less and people find it more difficult to get people around and, and play those kinds of things in their homes. I think there's always going to be an interest in it. And in my experience, you know, whenever I visited loading, that thing you're describing where you don't really you, you don't really want to have consoles lined up just for people to put a headset on and play a game and then bugger off. Um, when you go into a loading bar, it is like a community driven experience like people might be playing America or they might be playing some sort of indie multiplayer game or something and they're sort of gathered around and they're having a laugh and it's this very communal experience um which is fantastic because there's not there frankly aren't that many spaces for that um you know outside of like you know London or Brighton where you are there's uh, there's there's very few places there are like some arcade uh focused places in the north but that's about it um so yeah, yeah. Like when, whenever I've gone to your bars, that is very much the the feeling. Whether it's the 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 game pods or the board games, or if you're having like a a, a stream and people watching the stream, like it's such a communal thing. Um, 
and I like that. Like, I don't get the vibe um, that I get at loading. I sound like an advert now. Feel free to use it. You do. Yeah, you're but doing well. You're doing very well. <laughs> but I don't get the vibe I get at loading pretty much anywhere else, um, which is really great. Like, it's 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 a, like, I'm sadly committed now, but if I was to take, like, a gamer on a date, I reckon I would probably pop into loading. Like, it's just, like, a really, a really nice vibe. Um yeah, there you go. There's your ad. That is shameless, and that's, that's still. I think that's where, like, obviously, yeah, trying to do things in different places that aren't London. That's been quite high on our agenda for a little while to look at, like, okay, obviously, like, where can support that? Because that's always the issue of like, it should be in this place. But you're like, are there enough people in? But like, working out how mm. you, I guess, yeah, get that to more spaces. And originally, yeah, that vibe I think was. With things like Game City and Nottingham and EGX, that was always my like. You had you used to have these big explosions of all things game, and then it was like, yeah, yeah, we're done with that now. Or like London Games Festival, where it's like, there's this week and it's all games. Then like it just stops, mm. and obviously all those people are, they still exist. They're into games, so okay. that's been, that's always been the, the idea of like, there are spaces for most other sectors i think my old business plan was like whatever it be like city pubs for bankers or whatever like a sports bar there was always those like subsets if you want and um to have that stuff for like the games industry or games fans so it was trying to hit that sweet spot of not like i'm pretty sure i've never said it so like the four gamers but like never that it was always it should be accessible because it's all about like everyone plays games um that's always been the case but um, it was like yeah if you're into that it was like okay cool you might bump into someone that could publish your game has like a is like a composer is a this like that they're there because they're kind of into it but not necessarily Mm. to play games you know that as you said they're there for that like community experience or that interaction or just they go there because you know they go there quite a bit to have a drink and Mm -hmm. um that's still the master plan i guess so like that's what that's the bit i really enjoy is someone whether it's signing a games deal um picking up work getting a job off the back of the person they met when they're looking for um and that's they're the stories I like a lot of just like someone being like, I came to this thing, I met this person, now I'm, and the joys of having done it for a while is you do see people, I guess, like half the time I won't remember. They're like, oh, you spoke to me like five years ago about community management and now I'm doing this. But that, like, the follow through, I guess, of people like where they end up and hmm. it's where like you never really know. Like, we've had people like show games and the one like, like we had Gang Beast demoed a few times before that came out and it's always funny to see like what things blow up and what don't as it's not always true for like it's not just they show a game and where people i think tend to see stuff and be like obviously that was massive it's like you you never see the hard work behind it for say the devs that well we did co-working like who comes in at 9am every day and sits and works non-stop Mm -hmm. and like then their game does well it's like it's not all you never you don't always see that stuff but like there's so much it's not a coincidence necessarily that some of the people that put that work in like behind the scenes, I guess their stuff blows up because mm-hmm. it's so much harder than just you know make game it be good. It sells like some terrible games do really well, but there are reasons, and I think that's yeah. Um, that's interesting. Have you have you ever felt that when when you do demo games, mm-hmm. is it 
have you ever had moments where it's quite clear to you that a game is going to be successful just based on how people are responding to it in the bars then have you just like oh people are into this this game is gonna be big uh nope I'd like to say yes, but um, I'm definitely a terrible talent scout. Um, we've definitely seen... The thing we've always fed back is I think there's still this huge assumed knowledge of, like, people just know. So whatever it might be, um, and obviously, because we get a nice cross-section, the amount of times I'll watch people struggle with, you know, like the sign-in pop-up, so back when it was Xbox One or whatever, like, to add player two, you know, it pops mm. up. You've got to find an account. Oh, no, you can press guess, but it's like a different button, like press X or press square, don't press X. And sort of UI things or with something like Nidhogg where it does well, it's the games that, um, like, can someone watch this and get what's going on? So Rocket mm. League, um, you know, you get what's going on from looking at it or a Street Fighter. You don't need to know games to work out, like, that one is winning or... <laughs> They're mm-hmm. trying to hit the cut, and um, I think that's been something. Whenever we've had people demo or try to demo, it's like it's not a skill bar; it's just the knowledge of like you. You cannot assume people know that much. Where it'll be when we used to have all the discs out, you'd see people put like a PS4 disc in an Xbox because they're just like, "Oh, really? It doesn't work." And like that's just you kind of take it for granted. I think. Yeah. What Charlie Brooker had his thing about. It basically being like a language of you know which things you can walk to in a game just from sight like there's just certain things you know but it's like that's years of doing that whereas the games that do well are i think in the bar you know are those like they're accessible they're not you don't get overwhelmed and lost and it's that sort of ours has always been like can you you know press start on a second pad and get into it does it let you restart the game quickly does it have you know, 20 pickups that they need to memorize. Like, it's, mm. I think it's trying to help people pick up those things and not make them complicated, which sometimes is the developer's fault. I think other times, I think it was Mortal Kombat XL used to have it, and it was a bug that on the X, like, for getting a game to go on a console, you're not supposed to have a thing pop up and not show them how to close it without a button prompt. And that game didn't have it because we fed it back to Warner Brothers and we're like this is weird it doesn't show you the button at any point to press mm-hmm. to like skip signing in because you can do a guest and they were like oh that shouldn't have got through like certification because you get obviously users get stuck um, and yeah it's, it's like those games attract screens like a lot of it's just the old arcade like fundamentals of like does it you know does it have a nice track screen is it quick to get yeah. into do I have to do a load of menus um, and yeah, those things I think kick on. But as for what like blows up, um, like it's so unpredictable. But I think that's what's kind of I guess that's what's good about it. It's not an exact science. So um, mm. the devolver yeah. thing reigns when they were making that. You know, they said themselves like it's a premium iOS game at a time where those games never sold, and that game did a million yeah. copies plus. Like on paper, that made no sense to sign to distribute. You know, that's mm. I guess still the fun part and i think the only the ones you can see that won't do well are when it's someone that is pitching like it will be like rocket league and i think they kind Mm -hmm. of are you just aiming a bit too high probably (laughs) they're like we'll do you know we're gonna do rocket league numbers like that was and obviously the more these games are big if i'm already playing rocket league whatever overwatch something else like am i gonna stop that i think you do get people pitching it's like yeah but why would they stop playing fortnite to play this like mm. that yeah, i think yeah. people just assume you've got this unlimited time bank of 
yeah, it's just, you know, it's good. It's got the same thing. They'll play that, right? It's like, in the same way most people yeah. drink the same drink, you know, have the same chocolate bar, have the same coffee. Like, I think the people that yeah. get that and work out, like, what it is that's different do very well. The ones that just think, if I throw enough money at it, it will be. And you still see it with games, like, massive stuff now seems to fall into the same trap of like it's yeah. exactly this but and obviously Fortnite at the time like Fortnite wasn't made to be Fortnite right it was them pulling out the bag last minute for a multiplayer mode as part of a game that didn't sell and yeah yeah I mean I think because games are still relatively young I think it's not quite there as far as you can't just do it like a Marvel movie formula of knowing exactly what will work and what will sell because it's I think it's just it's not been around long enough and there's too many variables for like what makes a game big and how does it stay there when does it disappear um, again it's my lockdown ramblings <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's yeah it's a really good point especially that um you know i think uh, a lot of triple a like big publishers will occasionally chase trends and put money into stuff when it's like that gap is already filled um what I think is interesting is something that I use as an example for a lot of this is whether my partner um, understands something because he's not a big gamer. There's like a couple of games he'll pick up on. And it's like, you know, if I show him Fall Guys, the Fall Guys trailer, for example, I exp- if I'm able to explain a game like that to him and he goes, oh, that sounds like a good idea, then it's yeah. like, bam, it makes sense where it's successful. If, if, if you can explain it succinctly to someone like that and they go, sounds really fun. And it's easy, a game like that. It's like, it's Takeshi's Castle, but bean people. And you go, yeah. oh, great, brilliant. And he's seen me play a round of it and been like, oh, this looks really good. I can get into this. And he barely plays anything. And it's those kind of games that I'm like, ah, this is this is caught onto something here. And I guess increasingly, interestingly, increasingly, as developers are now people that have grown up on games, it's easy for them to forget that not everyone understands gaming language. Like, as you mentioned, there's, there's a, uh, I can't remember their name, but there's a YouTuber who has a couple of videos up where they are basically letting, I can't remember if it's their, their girlfriend or their mom, I can't remember, but they're basically letting a family member who has n- absolutely no experience with any games. They're giving them a game and seeing what their feedback is. And it's so interesting because, th- as you say, like things that we completely take for granted, like moving around in a 3D space, like you can show me a game and give me a controller and I'll, without seeing the controls, have some basic idea of what I'm doing mm. because I've played hundreds of games. I understand, and we all do, we all understand the, the language of games. But yeah, most people just won't if they have no experience with games. If they go up to an NPC, they won't know that they have to press them and talk to them. Um, you know, just absolute fundamentals of, of gaming language that is just like inbuilt in us. Um, I think a lot of developers suck that up and take that on with them. And it's the games that kind of manage to break that mold that seem to um, explode because you know for many people games like fallout games like minecraft games like uh, uh, fortnite these absolutely gigantic games for all of them there's going to be a large audience where that is their first like proper game that's like you know we're talking about like kids Mm. that's like their first major game and obviously not every game needs to be like that level of big i mean i'm sure nidhogg and reigns didn't do that anywhere near those kind of numbers but they still found success because it's like it makes sense and you can see a trailer and understand it and um, yeah they're interesting they're, they're interesting and it's and it's it's uh, interesting to me to hear that um uh sort of loading bar can 
can kind of almost test that on an audience. So as you say, there isn't like a game event happening every day. Um, but outside of COVID, the bar is there every day. Yeah, and you kind of that's what we we're saying. Like, obviously, even at like an EGX or something, or the joke was always like connect where they never test it in a real living room. And a good mm. writer friend of mine was tweeting because she does columns for I want to say uh, custom PC or something. Um, she mm. was saying about the PS5 that she was willing to gamble, like bet everything they have not tested that in a real living room with dust or like pet hair or anything because mm-hmm. it's like the way it's designed with the the curves to obviously suck in air that all these things like the connect was never tested in a real living room so with the scaling they just had it wrong because it was like no mm-hmm. one thought about what does this do in a real room if that makes sense like mm-hmm. it's just tested in optimum conditions or like you, or you see it across the board where it's like has anyone given this to a what i would call you know in speech marks like a real person just hand it to them watch what they did like or like you're, you know put it in a real space because it's you know even a, um like a trade show that's someone that's chosen to pay to go to egx they're already a layer in or you know mm-hmm. who's reading ign you're probably already a layer in again like you're you're not the person sat at the bus stop that just sees, you know, a billboard ad and is like, what is that? And that's always been like way back when we were doing our own podcast things. That was something I wanted to bring in, which was like pick gaming thing of the week and ask most people that come in. And like you said, with your partner, if you were like, oh, um, Xbox is bought Bethesda, what do you think of that? They'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What game? Like, yeah. It, it matters, but it doesn't matter if that makes sense to the, like the real um and it's that like what things really cut through i suppose of like what blows up like you said with people would ask you know what's that game that's a bit like takeshi's castle because they've heard about it or seen it or it's bled through in that way rather than you know oh i heard like this game's been delayed like no one ever knows that um uh and yeah i think it's quite that's where it's good that i guess there's more place for that to happen now and obviously twitch being what it is like you have a way to watch these things and just see stuff like the amount of times i just bought games back in the day off the one like a one word mention someone did or like you know the cover mm. art looked good whereas now yeah, you've got this whole different and like you said with how people play people have now grown up with like iphone games or like touch games or just everything's far more user-friendly than you know the mm. eight button so it's like what does that person and everyone was flagging at like, the trend of you know why everything looks a bit like a ps1 game now is because it's the, that age of person wants to make the games they grew up with so i suppose you know mm-hmm. what does someone make in five ten years when their first game was like angry birds like are they going to ape those styles and is it going to move away from controls because you know you, you'll have a whole generation of people that are used to like the Fortnite speed building to most people that are younger that's just natural whereas mm-hmm. you know that's the biggest complaint from like what i would call like my age of people where it's like it's too fiddly it's convoluted like they can you know they can speed build like it will change and develop and that's what's kind of interesting is how that happens and yeah i think obviously there's way more data now as far as games you know collecting all that information and whereas before you know they were put out and you had a vague idea what people were doing now they know exactly how things are being used you know how many people get stuck on a dashboard how many quit after the first level so you, like seeing what they become is definitely exciting and interesting for like how why a four guys would happen now whereas it just couldn't really have worked five ten years mm. ago yeah 
yeah yeah it's interesting so obviously it's that's 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 what i find most interesting about development is that the people that have played games are now making games and that's always going to be the case going forward mm-hmm. and it's just like looking at i mean indie games especially because it's not like this like board of men sitting around deciding in their suits what is successful mm-hmm. it's like a developer will make what they want to make and that's often nostalgia is tied into that so you look at indie games and like itch games and stuff and the sort of stuff that they're coming up with um is really cool as you say like we're going through almost like a ps1 era like graphic resurgence which i love because i grew up with the ps1 um so i'm loving all those like ps1 looking horror games and, and first person shooters and stuff and it's just like yeah one day we'll have people making games that are a bit like smartphone games or a bit like Fortnite, and that's um yeah, I'm waiting yeah, for the, um, what is it, the Xbox dashboard with blades. Someone's going to do a menu that's got the um, the swipey blades that everyone wants them to bring back. So it's that, yeah, I think, like, you make what you know. And like you said, just different people being able to make stuff that hmm. the tools that are out there are so much cheaper. You know, you don't need a dev kit to do a PlayStation game as such now. You know, you it's you can at least make your game and have it port. You know, there's they're not untouchables. You don't need to have some mega hmm. publisher and even... You know, with the right tweet, you can get those contacts to, like, have that outreach that they can sign those games. I think that's what's great now that slowly, and it's still way behind on, like you said, having more, you know, intro, I've seen for different talks we had, I think Keith Stewart did one where it was, you know, he visited game studios and was saying, like, the frustrating thing for him was he could tell you there was always a Terminator poster on the wall. There was always a certain album on the wall, like they're not made by the same people but they were all the same like pop culture you know whereas he was like you want to see a first person shooter come from someone that maybe hasn't seen you know blade runner wants to do that's where bringing in those different voices really matters because it's like Mm. you'll start getting so much more interesting you know art which is kind of what they're trying to be or like even just if they are still products just like they'll be more interesting because it's not just everyone's got the same references everyone's doing the same stuff like you said mm. Takeshi's castle you know whatever it might be um some weird like youtube series animation they were into when they were kids like that slowly the references are going to change they won't just be you know simpsons jokes or um <laughs> like where it comes full circle where you know james cameron getting told avatars copying halo then him pointing out halo was cribbed from you know his design work on aliens it's like all this stuff coming full circle and changing where it's like you've got a whole generation that now to them yeah avatar is their whatever first thing with that stuff so there'll be like university papers and stuff for years of like all the weird like how many how far it changes and develops of this like i think games just they're gonna start looking very different and all have really interesting like what is a game and that's exciting mm. stuff to see where it could go and what people will be playing. And you'll still have shooters, you know, if someone loves card, that's not going anywhere. That's for sure. Um, yeah. That is just cool that there's so much more choice and whether you're super hardcore or like a casual person, there's something for you now, which maybe like I said, when it was like a PS one, were there as many games for that person that's not really into it? Not really. You bought it because it played CDs, probably, or the old <laughs> DVD player for the PS2. I think now it's quite nice that you'd have that person that is in a household that's like, it has that game you like, or there's these type of games you like, and it's not just like, here's the other thing for you it does. It's like, no, there are, there's, yeah. there's the games you're into, and 
That's great. Yeah. So games, they're exciting, aren't they? They're pretty yeah. good. <laughs> um, I guess before before we wrap up, we should say um, at, at the time that this podcast goes live, um, your site will be live. Hurrah! Yeah. New website. Exactly. Um, I thought, you know, what's going wrong with the world? Um, what things can make some money? Oh, like a dot com, you know, do a website. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? But um, yeah. that was off the back of we've done it. We did a zine a few years ago with like bringing some writers that were known to, you know, do one more job or come out of retirement or write something for us. And the idea with that was the website when it was just a boring listings page of like, you know, it's a gaming bar. It does this stuff. Did quite well. Mm-hmm. And um, it, the website, the idea was to fit that niche of like, can we show people stuff? Can we present stuff with the recipes for cocktails? Like, cool, just put those up. Like, we've got years worth. Why not put them out and offer this place where um, it doesn't need to do the things that a big website has to do currently? So, um, like SEO stuff, or, you know, here's mm. how to play D&D online, and here's a guide to buying webcams. They're already reading your article online. Like, they've got a phone, they've got a laptop. I'm not saying that everyone has a webcam, but, like, it's not the top thing of your problem to know. But, obviously, that has to be there for Amazon affiliate. And mm. it was, like, the main plan with it is just, like, what happens? I mean, the answer is probably I'll go terribly bankrupt. But, like, what happens if you don't do the stuff that, to me, isn't user-friendly? So, you know, aggressive ads or articles that have to hit a certain word count, again, to hit, like, affiliate stuff or... Mm-hmm. Um, videos that are deliberately 12 minutes to hit the YouTube money thing like mm-hmm. can you just do something that builds an audience um, and once you've got that audience like it works like it can sustain itself um, you can still do ad content just I think there's better ways to do it um, the current idea with that is yeah take what I guess I tried to do with the whole bar thing of like well, why do bars have you know the things bars used to do some still do of like the music's really loud so you can't talk so you drink faster there's not really enough, there's no ledgers to put your drink down because you drink faster. They're all very like anti-consumer, very good business, but like you don't go back. That was always my like, why are they geared to, you know, fleece a customer once? Um, Mm -hmm. Game back in the day with, you know, selling parents, a game that's pointless, you know, a game you're never going to play. Then at Christmas, you get it, you don't use it. It doesn't help them buy more games. They just get angry that they got you some weird SpongeBob tie-in you never used like that was always the thing to me that for a lot of things just didn't make sense so we were like yeah can we do a website and try and do it in the most audience friendly way possible and kind of carry that spirit of what we do of like can we show off new things give people a place you know uh, pay writers and try and bring in like we did before like new voices or just give something a home that might not fit somewhere else so yeah, the idea is just to get pitches and if they're interesting and different, like sure, we'll do it until the money runs out and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really obviously at the time of recording, it's not like properly live yet, but I've had a sneak peek and yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting idea. Like, especially we're in a time where so many outlets are, are, are closing and stuff. So for if there's more spaces for people to write, um, even better if it's like we're doing this literally just because it's interesting not because we're chasing ads and that's that's awesome um i'm looking forward to see how how that turns out um yeah i'm sure there'll be some exciting stuff there and of course you're doing like you have your own drinks and stuff now yeah 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 like yeah like the beer we had in the bar so there's a little bit of that and like 
yeah, coffee will be up on there. So there's some merch. Um, but my main thing is just like get people to read it, see it, and hopefully we'll see what stuff gets the most, you know, what which articles people like the most. Is it like the guide content? Is mm. it like the weirder like pieces that I, I guess it's more, like kind of what Kotaku UK used to do, like the more interesting mm. um, send someone off on a weird adventure. Um, but yeah, um, it was just like, could we do those things? Like I said earlier for that audience, that's like someone in America, even if we had 50 bars in the UK, potentially they're never going to get there. So it was like, what can we do around that? And yeah, maybe like, we'll see. Like, I think there is, like you said, with those bigger outlets going, people do want to read interesting stuff. It's just, you know, can you do it? And I guess like, like we've always tried to do with the bar stuff, keep the overheads a lot lower of, if you're in it for the love, there's more chance of it happening because we're not like skimming off that. There's no one taking money out. It's just like, okay, cool. What can we, we made some money. Can we put it back in? Like, can we make more videos? Can we get more writers? Um, mm-hmm. That's the idea. See if we could do it for all things website and yeah. Um, give some of those, like host that content that's a little bit different because otherwise, yeah, you end up with all very similar how to play D&D online you know mm-hmm. here's five four guide tips here's this like there's other stories you can tell and if we can help a couple of them and then if those people get picked up by bigger places amazing that's still always the dream so you know how people get their foot in the door and get into games yeah i love it man it's, it's, it's a great idea and anyone listening obviously go pitch yeah go pitch some cool ideas yeah, um, uh, Jimmy at loading bar. If you want to send me your exciting, weird ideas, um, I love it. Great. And um, one last thing before we before we go, what is your favorite gaming themed drink? By the way, uh, favorite um, one of the earlier. I don't know. Oh, oh no, do I go? I'll go with <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with Assassin's Mead actually because it's the one like that or Skyrim have been on forever, and obviously the games still. I mean. Skyrim's the same game. Um, Assassin's, yeah. Assassin's Creed obviously had a bit more um, iterations on it. But um, yeah, let's go Assassin's Mead because I think it's the one without fail. If people read a menu, they know it. Um, like they know the game. That's like they will recognize that, get a kick out of it. And um, that's always been the plan with the drinks to try and hit that. Keep the stuff that, again, someone like your partner might recognize so even if they don't play it they've been bombarded with adverts they're like i get yeah you would recognize what that means i get what that is and that's the annoying thing at the moment is there's not that many games come through that i think have hit that that level of Mm. like big at the moment so like your fall guys is probably the next thing that we could do one for um or like a rocket league so that's what's probably the, it's also the good thing for me at the moment that everything that that comes out or gets a sequel i've probably already done a drink for so we're like yep uh <laughs> dust off the uh full stout for a new fallout um like resi there'll always be more resi so it's nice that we've already like worked on that and that's one of the benefits of being old and past it it's like oh yeah just you know we've done it like four years ago just bring that back thank god for sequels um yeah <laughs> But yeah, that's yep. a speed, 100%. Um, it's a good pun as well, so I mean... Exactly, like, um, I'm in it for the puns. and That's it. <laughs> um, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me. It's been really good to catch up, even on a podcast. Um, 
I'll absolutely have to come and see you soon. And when all this clears up, so should everyone. Um, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and loading and all that good stuff? Yeah, so website-wise, loading.bar, because um, we paid for the vanity URL. So um, <laughs> it works, but it doesn't work on like Google Forms because apparently it doesn't think it's a real website. Um, social media-wise, at Drink Relax Play for Twitter. Facebook is forward slash loading bar. And yeah, space-wise, Dalston, Brighton, um, yeah, come check us out and say hello. Or yeah, just spam a pitch. Or if it's drink wise, tweet tweet terrible puns and tell me I've got to make a drink that match them. Um, that'd be good. Amazing, and all, all of that will be in the description for everyone listening. And I do implore you to go and absolute bug the heck out of him with your drink ideas. Like I wanna, I wanna see it get to the point where he's like, okay, this is enough now. That's what I wanted to get to that point. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. Um, it's been really good to, to chat and catch up. I'll, um, I'll have to come and visit soon. And we shall catch everybody next time. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to the Toad on Games podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, this podcast is supported by Patreon. That's at www.patreon.com slash toadsanime. Uh, please check it out to support my terrible video game merchandise habit. Um, and of course, you get early access to every single episode. That's four episodes a month, one every week. And a shout out on the podcast. So thank you to Fossil Games, Farfew Giants, Andy Robertson, Chris Wood, Gregory Phillips, Ryan Winter, James Coop, Corey Class, Joe Sheedy, Lee Chapman, Thomas, Francesco Limas, I'm so sorry, I'm terrible at names, Robert Cathels, Stephen, EMH Richard, and Gregory Kroll. Thank you so, so much, and I'll catch you on the next episode with a different games industry guest. See you later.